Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tone to me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. This is a bit of a treat this next few weeks. Um, this week's episode is an interview I did with in August last year in 2022 for um, one of my heroes, with, with my heroes, Tony Martin of Black Sabbath, for Metal Ruse, the online music magazine, and um, Black Ruse, who are the, his um, agents in Australia. Uh, Brilliant guys, wonderful. If you're looking for any kind of music, any heavy music and want to buy obscure CDs, they're the place to do it. Any information that's coming into the scene, very much so. They are very, very, very um, strongly behind Australian underground scene. Uh, and so if you're, your first place should be, when you think about heavy metal in Australia, should, if it's not me, it's Metal Ruse. That's uh, metalruse.com. Uh, you can find it easy put into your Googles. And you will search and you will find it. And all these wonderful, wonderful reviews, interviews, 
I've done loads of reviews on it. Um, some great people working on that magazine. And I'm going to have Michael on the show uh, interviewing him about it in a few weeks' time anyway. So this will be a nice sort of lead into that. Anyway, enjoy, guys. Oh, just a little side note. The audio is terrible on my part. I recorded it, plugged the headphones in, um, and thought that the I was using the mic through the laptop um, and through the, my wired mic. But no, I wasn't. It was the um, it was the headphone mics. And when I was using um, Zoom, I could, all the audio all the audio sounded good in my ears. So I didn't know that the sound was me like talking through a um, you know a paper bag in another room. Uh, I do apologise. Uh, it still you still hear what I say. It's just not not very professional. I'm a bit annoyed because he's you know life hero of mine but anyway um i did it again when i interviewed tony martin attorney doolan as well so you know definition of madness doing the same thing twice didn't i but anyway i did it um i'm not going to do it again i'm not going to use those headphones ever again anyway enough said uh enjoy the interview it's recording now according to me yeah so how are you um, not too bad, mate. Um, same as everybody, I guess. You know, this whole COVID thing um, sort of threw everybody for a bit. Yeah, and it still is, uh, isn't it? I got, I had it, I had it like week before last. Nasty. Have you? Really not. Yeah, fuck, you don't want to get it. Honestly, I, when people no. say cold, that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, um, we've got a vulnerable family, so um, it's important to us anyway um, to do what we can. So we're still doing the whole wear the mask thing, and we've had all the jabs, and um, yeah. you know, locked all the doors. <laughs> it's, all you, it's all you can. My dad's ninety, and he he didn't leave the house for two years. He's in North London, and right. honestly, and he's quite a religious man. He'd go to church every Sunday. He had, didn't go, and it's just like well. Uh, yeah. Even now, even now he can go out. He doesn't want to go out. No, my mom, my my, my mom's ninety as well. So they're mm. particularly vulnerable to it, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, we we are being careful. Uh, that's mm. important to us, but I know other people do it like other ways. But uh, you know, so no, we're doing, doing that. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky here in Australia that it hasn't been that bad. Yeah. Lockdowns, long lockdowns in Melbourne, but. Very few fatalities, you know, and, yeah. and that's all we can ask for, isn't it, really, at the end of the day. I think the problem that the UK's got is that we're we're a hub, um, you know, from where people travel through. Oh, God, yes, absolutely, um, yeah. London through Manchester, Birmingham. Um, Australia's not quite a hub where people travel no. through. You either go there or you sort yeah. of... Someone else. So we've got like everything, everybody coming from every direction at us, you know, and it just carries, don't it? So, yeah. Well, that. It um, I, I was apart, the first to think it'd be over in a month, but there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> apart from that, um, musically, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I'm loving this good. new album, uh, Thorns. Oh, man, been, honestly. Yeah. Well, Sorry to talk about COVID. Um, we, um, yeah. uh, to, to be honest, I mean, I, I've lived in the studio for the past 25 years. I'm still here. Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't really been out, so it hasn't affected me too much in that way. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, well, it hasn't affected your voice. <laughs> no. Uh, well, no. I, apart from my age, this is this is actually real, this colour. I haven't dyed it that colour. <laughs> you know, I'm waiting for mine to go that way because then I could just say all white. I'm happy with just all white. I'm just... Right, right. Oh, you're still looking good, though, man. Um, so, yeah, so basically, I, uh, yeah. so hit me. I first saw you. I'm just going to say, guys, I first saw you. So, Tony, this is important to me because you changed my musical landscape quite dramatically. Okay. So, and I mean that. Well, don't, I, I truly mean it. Um, I was I'm from a big family, uh, big, all lots of brothers, all with different musical tastes, much older than me. So, right. jazz. Punk, blues, heavy rock, heavy metal. My brother, in fact, spent a lot of time at the uh, at the um, at the Neil Kay's disco, you know, in Kingsbury, because I'm from that part of North London. Okay. Uh, I bought um, I bought uh, Head Headless Cross in '89 when I when it came out, and yeah. played it to I played it to death, absolutely played it to death. 
And I was at the Hammersmith Odeon buying tickets to go and see Marillion, because I'm a big Marillion fan, right? Yeah. And I literally had 15 pounds in my pocket. I bought a ticket for them. I turned around and they had a big post on the wall said Black Sabbath Headless Cross Tour. And I was like, well, I only have seven pounds left. I'll buy whatever ticket I can get for that. So penniless, went home. Dad had an absolute nut at me for spending all my money on music. <laughs> Saw you that night with Brian, Brian May on. He came on to do oh, the... Um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 89, September 10th, 8th. And it changed my life completely. A absolutely. I was always going that sort of proggy, heavy, rocky sound. Right, then, yeah. Oof, it's strangely, the same thing happened to me on the same day. I can't believe, I cannot believe it. I, I, if you told my 16 year old me I'd be interviewing you, I'd be like, nah, yo, what are you talking about? You I, know. I felt the same thing Crazy. with the, joining the band, you know, it was like, because uh, I saw Black Sabbath, I didn't even like Sabbath when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, my first girlfriend to see uh, the original Black Sabbath in Birmingham at the um, uh, was it New Street Odeon or something they were on at, and I thought they were amazing. Crazy. Um, <laughs> and I uh, never thought then that you know I'd be in the band. Um, so it, it is it's strange crazy, how these it? things happen, you know. And, and, yeah, and I still say this. I say this to a lot of my friends. I think you are the for me the. Outside of Aussie, it's Aussie and you for me. I know that's a big sacrilegious thing to say about Theo, but it's you and Aussie yeah. for me. Um, and because of the, your your tonal range, your voice, the power in your vocals, mm. I don't know how you do it. I mean, I've got a question here. It's like you know, it's been. No, all these I don't know how I do it either. Because I I put this I put thorns on like regularly, and I was blown away that the the vocal. And it sounds, I, I thought I'd just put on TYR, a tear or, 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 or Headless Cross or, or yeah. uh, you know, um, I just like, I don't, so how do you do, how do you keep your vocals so fresh? Um, but you've lost anything. Uh, well, it, I'll, I'll tell you something now. Um, I'm actually five notes down from where I was with Sabbath. Um, age stops me from reaching those high notes anymore. Um, so I used to be uh e over uh, sorry i used to be g over top e and now i'm d just under top e so i've lost like yeah. five notes off the top end of my range but what i've done is just i've just used what i've got left and as, you know if you're if your voice is still working don't worry about the high notes i mean just choose a different note you know um and so all i've done is is made a uh, taken advantage of the voice i've still got and uh, mm. the, the actual power bit and the uh, the rest of it uh, like still fits in. So um, mm. for me, uh, uh, words are important. Um, the vocal, the melody and the lyrics really have to work together. So, you know, certain words don't work for, with certain notes you know, yeah. for, that yeah. I found, um, for me anyway, um, mm. because of the way my voice works um, and no end of screaming brings it into line. So I have to find the notes that work, find the words that work and it takes time, but um, I can still usually find a, a way through. Um, mm. The other thing is um, that for me, the music has to come first. It always has done. I've, I've, I've never, I've never been a poet. I can't sit and write poetry, for example. Yeah, so, I must admit, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? Mm. So I um, wait until the music is in place, uh, which I usually have a hand in constructing. I mean, this new guitarist, mm. Scott, was really great to work with because he allowed me to cut it Amazing. up and put verse here or a chorus there or whatever. He's, yeah, man, whatever. Mm. So I'm going, okay. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> no idea what you've just agreed to. Um, yeah. So uh, he allowed me to sort of uh, do that with the songs. Um, in, in fairness, the riffs were really good in the first place, but um, mm. having it in the right order for me is another thing for the vocals that helps me to get to the place I want to go. So if I'm building up to something, I need, I, you know, I, I need to have something in sight where I'm aiming at. And so it's a combination, really, of um, making do with the voice you've got, choosing your words, choosing the notes, 
um, and having an, an aim within that, you know, confined sort of space. Yeah. So it, it has changed. My voice is not the same. I mean, if you if you asked me to sing Devil and Daughter now, I'd, I'd fucking I'd bottle it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd get somebody else to sing it. <laughs> Yeah, I saw, i tell you what, interesting, because I saw Jeffro Toll, oh, it must be about five years ago now, and Ian Anderson's voice, no, he, he clearly cannot eat those notes, but he had a separate vo vocalist to sing those lines for him. Okay. To come on stage and separate, which was interesting. It, it was weird for me, to be honest, but way. it was really interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. one way of doing it. The thing is, mm. I found that the, the crowd is already singing the melody line. So you could ah. harmonize it. Just choose yeah. a harmony and, and sing with them. So you can like yeah. uh, sing on a separate note. Uh, they're singing the main note. So all in all, you know, it, it sort of comes across in the right way. The, yeah. the thing is, I've always had to use um, some kind of um, uh, paraphernalia to get the job done. Like, for example, with Tear, um, mm. I'd layered 50 voices over some of it, you know, to get the harmonies. And, and although it sounds quite unison, there's a lot of voices going on there, harmonies. A lot of work going on, yeah. Sabbath never done before. Um, so, like, Cozy Powell said, how the fuck are we going to sing that lot on stage? And he says, because I can't sing it. And, he's, and I'm going, it's a good point, actually. But then so Jeff Nichols came up with this idea and said, well... I've got a sampler. We could load all the voices, you know, all the background voices and everything into that, and I'll just trigger them. So then we got like this sampler fired up, but it, the, the problem with samplers is it's fixed in time. So if the song is speeded up, it oh. wouldn't be in time when you hit the the trigger. It, yeah. it, you know, the, the track would be racing away or you know slowing down with the the, the sampler is is playing. So. Cozy Pal had um, a little, not many people know this actually, he had um, <laughs> uh, a metronome, uh, like it was almost a mechanical thing, but it did have an electronic app on it, which was just a headphone socket basically. Um, mm. And he had uh, one of the roadies rigged up an, uh, a really bright LED that he plugged into the earphone socket. And that was enough to light up this thing, whichever setting he'd set it at. And he placed it just under his hi-hats just so that he could catch the timing of it, so that when the triggers mm. were fired, he'd be in time with the with the sample. You know. What I mean? Oh my god! <laughs> it was all very mechanical and very um, Heath Robinson, <laughs> you know, in those days. But um, I have to say that yeah, got through it, and so you know, I've always had to do something like that. And so the other option for me, because we use computers, is to run, mm. you know, backing vocals and stuff like that. You can do it that way as well, or you can have mm. like players on stage singing along with it. There's lots of different options to get through it. Yeah. Is it because you're uh, you're you are a multi instrumentalist, right? So you you play bass and violin and all this sort of stuff. Is it because that's where you, your bass is? Because you're very musical. Not I'm not saying that singers aren't musical, but it, it, you you have the understanding of more about the musical background, the, the backside of the end of the of the process. It's a, it's an important thing. Uh, like what you've just mentioned is quite true. I mean, I. I, because I play those instruments, if ever there was a problem on stage, I already had an understanding of what it was and how they had to fix it and how long it was likely to take. So if like they needed to change a snare skin or if they needed to change a guitar string or, you know, swap guitars and plug cables in and stuff like that, I'd know roughly how long I'd got before they were back on stage, you know, doing the thing. So there is an element of that in it. Um, mm. It's not everything, because all sorts of things can still go wrong, but, you know, um, it, it's it's one of the things you can sort of get used to on uh, when you're playing live that often. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. last tour I did with Sabbath was nine months long. And um, I, you know, I well, firstly, by the end of that, you're pissed off with everybody. <laughs> Don't yeah. yeah, yeah. But also got a really good grounding of what that whole thing is you know what i mean so yeah yeah it's amazing yeah. I, I i just you have such a, a background so going on to the the thorns the new thorns cd which is yes, yeah, amazing yeah. i actually would like to get it on vinyl eventually if it, if it's, is it available on vinyl yet i don't know if it is well um there was yes uh, no um there is um 
uh, a thing going on with this because when they said, yeah, we'll release the vinyl, you've got to take some of the tracks off. And I went, what? They <laughs> said, you've got to take some of the tracks off. There's too many tracks. There's only a certain amount of time you can fit onto a vinyl. I forgot yeah. about that. Shit, yes, of course. There's only so many grooves. You know, the grooves yeah. you can make them sort of shallower and like a bit closer together. But you, yeah, but you lose the sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I said, oh, no, 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 I don't want to take any tracks off. And they said, OK, there's only one other way of doing it. That's if you write some more tracks and we'll do a double uh, vinyl album. Oh, OK. So that's what we're doing at the moment. We're, there's another four or five tracks being added. Oh, and, brilliant. Um, we will make a double vinyl. Uh, later in the year. Yeah, that's Christmas present for me. Now, um, so I, I'm really blown away by the lineup you have on this album. Um, mm. You know, you've got you've got Needham from Venom on drums. You know, um, uh, you've got uh, as I said before, you have Scott, uh, the new guitarist. He's, yeah. uh, I, no, I, I was I was sort of really impressed. I, I read somewhere, and I don't know if it's true or if it's apocryphal, that he recorded it all in one take. Mm. Is that is that right? Pretty much. Um, I got him over to England just before COVID, and um, he played them pretty much uh, in one go with very little, <clears throat> uh, you know, overdubs, overdubs or um, corrections. I mean, he. You have to going back again. This this album's been been assembled for quite some years now, so we were mm. already familiar with the song. So if he'd have forgotten the fuckers, I'd have been, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you don't know them by now. <laughs> sort of thing. Um, so I'm not surprised that he did it in one go, but um, yeah, he did pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, and I mean, it doesn't sound that way. I mean, like you said, you you know, you've done you magic. <laughs> Fury stuff with it with the out with the tracks, but the thing I noticed um, after going back to it again, so I listened to it ad nauseum, to be honest with you, um, was the the sort of amazing difference in each of the songs. So it's yeah. not just you know we put you know when you put on we've all done it, you put on a heavy metal record or a heavy rock record, and it's just <laughs> to the end, and I'm done. Thank you very much. This had I've made notes. I mean, it had swing. It had it's got bluesy notes. Heavy. I mean, the bass. Some of the bass parts are, are just <laughs> phenomenal. I know that it's Magnus. Is it Magnuson on yeah, bass? Yeah, Magnus Rosen. Yeah. Yeah. And and yourself. I think you put some bass parts on. But it's yes. just. It really is. It's it's a delicious mixture of 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 um of musical um stuff sort of directions. Yeah. Uh, did you find it hard? Did you find it hard to get that? Like you said, you were recording more. But did you find it hard to whittle down others you might have had? Like, was it a, a tough one to get onto the CD, the full lineup? Um, well, there's a, there's a number of things in that question. Um, uh, mm. Firstly, the various uh, styles and stuff like that. Mm. That's what it's like inside my head. If you could cra crawl inside my head, you'd go, wow, what the fuck is this like in here? It's just <laughs> massive, yeah. like, different instruments, different sounds, different genres. That's a result of 1971. Everything right. happened to me in 1971. The world exploded. I mean, I was listening to everything from reggae to rock, from Bob Marley to fucking, mm, you know, I love Marley. Yeah. Led Zeppelin, you know, and it was just like, mm. I love it all. I love it all. Just bring it on. I was absorbing all this stuff. So I, I that's how I sort of grew up, really listening to everything. And and that's why this album sort of goes that way. The 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 truth of this album is that I'd already started um, doing an an unplugged gothic type thing before, and that's where Book of Shadows, Crying Wolf comes from because I'd already started yeah. going in that direction, mm. or doing some unplugged acoustic thing, but still kind of heavy and gothicy with all the choirs and stuff. And then uh, Scott sort of happened on the scene, so it. Um, once I'd, <laughs> once I'd um, interviewed, well, I didn't even interview, I think he, he sort of interviewed me in a way. I met him on Facebook and he started sending me this stuff and I just got, couldn't believe he kept sending me. Stuff. And in the end I had to say, well, who is this dude? And I, I thought, okay, I better contact him and find out what he wants. So I said, do you want me to sing on this stuff or what? He said, yeah, man, whatever. So like I'm going... <laughs> Okay, look, let's try one. 
and I really didn't think, you know, we were going to make too much of it. And so I sent, I, I did, it was as the world burns. And I, mm. I, I finished it and went, fuck, that's really good. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So I got in touch with him and I played it to him. He said, well, brother, that's really good. So, Thank you. I said, you know what? I said, I'll try no another one. So I tried another one and that went okay. And then I tried another one. I said, okay, do you know what? We, we could make something of this. Um, so I'm coming back to your question. Um, mm, I said, so uh, uh, do you, I'm doing a solo album. Do you want to be part of that? Oh, yeah, brother. Uh, okay. So how are we going to do this now? And, and I was thinking about the, the combination of styles and stuff like that. And I thought, this stuff really works. You know, I mean, it, I can see it working on an album, all of these different styles and, and things. Mm. And I played violin on one of them and did all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and uh, I played it eventually to the labels, but at this point, nobody'd heard it. So I just kept going until we'd got enough tracks. We'd got more than enough tracks. I mean, mm. last week he sent me 49 new guitar uh, things, ideas. So it's just an uh, amazing amount of stuff. The only other person I know who writes like that is Tony Iommi. Anyway, I, um, I, I, I said, okay, look, we, we've got like... It, a few tracks here now let me let me just get my head around this and put them together and do all this stuff so i did then i got in touch with the record labels and they were like whoa that's really cool so um that's the reason why all of the mixed up stuff is in there it, it's it comes from when i started listening to music seriously 1971 with all this jumbled up stuff through then meeting somebody who gave me a different inspiration to what I was already doing. And then for me, eventually, to get my head round it, to put it all on one album, it it came as a, like, story, like, it, for the album to me. So um, that's uh, the reason why it sounds like it does. Yeah, I, I think it's got a, an amazing mix. I mean, I originally, originally listened to it, and I'm not knowing that you'd taken years to write the, 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 the songs. I thought, oh, this is a, this is a, a pandemic-inspired album because it's quite dark. You know, mm. it has some really brooding and uh, introspective imagery. And I thought, oh, it's clearly this, you must have written this for in, you know, in your lockdown. But clearly you didn't. You, you've been writing that up until that point. But did yeah. any of the COVID thing inspire on that, uh, the songs on the album? No, no. I mean, there was a couple of moments, um, especially in um, the daft one, Damnation, um, this is your damnation where, you know, why COVID, why AIDS, you know, that that was the only one I sort of felt like including it. Um, but um, it, it just shows you that we're, we were still adjusting and, and rewriting stuff right up until the last minute. So, you know, COVID is included yeah. in This Is Your yeah. Damnation, for example, in the lyrics, yeah. whereas, I mean, it, yeah. a lot of it's still old school, you know, God and the Devil stuff. Um, it's where my voice works. It's where my um, lyrics work. You know. You know what, though. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. The, uh, the, at the uh, heart of all good rock and roll is the devil, right? So it 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 it, it worked. It did work. Um, it's worked for me, and and bands have been using that subject for, you know, decades. Really, mm -hmm. the whole good yeah. good evil thing. Um, still works if you can find the right storyline for it. It's no good just writing about God or the devil, or, you know, no, no. like, say. Um, yeah. But if you can get a story into it, um, mm. then you can make it work, you know, and that. Yeah. And I am a collector of words, so I, I like messing about with lyrical stuff. And aren't we lucky to have, like, English as our main language? Because oh, yes. you can manipulate the lines, the words, to mean the same word could mean a couple of things, you know. You yeah. can flip it and you can rhyme. I love the fact that things yeah. rhyme. Um, yeah. You know, it's not quite so easy. You know, the languages to make things rhyme. Oh, it's possible, but yeah. like, you know. Uh, so we have that sort of good fortune as well, you know. Yeah, because I generally think that when I pick an album up, when I put it on to listen to, uh, because of my sort of uh, background and a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot of prog and stuff, I like a nice wordy song. I have to say, yeah. or, or something they get your teeth into. Um, I love big passages of instrumental, and you get that on this. That's what's good about it. You get it on, all on this. It's sort of everything yeah, on this. Do, yeah. You know, it comes, you go, I, 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 like, I like the, 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 the child, the talking, the, the voice acting on it. You know, it's got such <clears throat> uh, drama, you know. It's, 
That's my daughter. Um, is it really? Oh, fantastic. What was it like working with Pamela? Um, well, we've never actually met. Um, this is where, again, you know, uh, later in the, in the album, where we were still assembling it and writing bits and pieces for it, that the the COVID thing came into effect, where uh, mm. she recorded her voice uh, over in America. So, um, mm. but we've known each other on the internet over Facebook for some years, and in fact, she has the we have this thing. Um, she's got exactly the same birthday as me. Oh. So. Every time April the 19th comes around, it's like, hey, brother, hi, sis, how you doing? You know, like this. And we uh, beat each other up about this, like having the same mother or father or whatever. And, <laughs> you know, you know, it's <laughs> so we have this thing going on. Anyway, uh, um, she, she she came to mind when one of the record labels uh, mentioned it because I, I needed a girl singer for that particular song, Thorns. Um, you know, it, the story, it, it needed a girl, woman, yeah. um, to yeah. to portray those particular lyrics. Well, I wanted a girl, because I didn't, I tried it, but I couldn't get it to work the same way with my own voice. Mm. So uh, I mentioned that to the record label and the, and the dude said, well, have you thought about Pamela? I went, <laughs> <laughs> of course, Pamela fucking no, why not, you know? So I sort of got in touch with her and, and I said, would you like to be up? And she just went, yes. <laughs> you didn't even get a chance to finish. Yes. Right, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, then I'll send you over the track and uh, some of the ideas that I've got for it and see what you think. And so um, she said, I love it, I love it. Okay, I'll have a go. And she did that over there. So we never actually met. Because <laughs> that... Because that's one of that was what well, I think the surprise track on the album for me. A, it's very hard to sing lyric, like the, the lyrical concept of it is not an easy song to write about. But also yeah. B, that she I'd never heard of her before, and uh, and the voice was just it sat with you so perfectly, like the, right. the album, saying, you know. She she asked me like how how sh she should approach it, and I said, well, all I can do is sort of speak from my perspective, and I would do something like this. I mean, the, the lyrics are already already written for her, so she um, sort of just put her tonal qualities over the top of it and and um, used the um, the ideas that I sent her. Um, but she did a good job of it anyway. You know, it's just great to yeah, have her amazing. on it. Um, love that. Well done, Pamela. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it really worked, and because I sort of directed it through the melody that. I was singing and the lyrics that I'd got for it, um, it fit perfectly, you know, it was just a good way of doing it, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as I said, I, I'd never heard her voice before, and so it was really nice to to put it on and, and get that a, a different, uh, as I said before, different swings and modes of the album. And yeah. To finish that, it really was a really, it's a really good um, bookend. I, th I think um, this, is, this comes back to, um, what you were saying earlier on about the like the being the different styles and how they all uh, the mishmash of all the different things. This is your damnation, the daft one. You know, you really need a video to understand that. But um, that sets up thorns perfectly. It just comes like, what the hell was that? And then thorns comes on. You know, it's just like, yeah. The, yeah. The, and I'd like to take credit for that, but it was an accident. You know, that whole <laughs> track order thing. You notice it's all in alphabetical order, right? Yes. So that, that was a complete accident where thoughts came after This Is Your Damnation. So just by accident, it sat right there and I went, oh, man, I couldn't have done that better myself. In the old yeah. days, there used to be somebody at the record label whose job it was to put the tracks in order, you know, to have yeah. the track list and stuff like that. Well, you know, not doesn't tend to happen much. Do we? They do, but um, yeah. this was just brilliant the way this turned out. And having Thorns right at the end, and the title track after that daft track, just worked. You know, it's it's funny to say it because I spent my youth—I mean, some of my youth—record uh, player, tape deck, and I changed the lineup. That I changed oh. the, the because I go, oh no, that can't go there, and I I play it, right. and hold it, and move. Yeah, <laughs> right. Not, not many albums, but there are a couple I go, ah, no, that should go there. It's yeah. better there. <laughs> That's fantastic. I remember seeing Priest, I saw Priest about oh, 15 years ago, and 
I'd, I'd been listening to this priest mixtape that I'd made myself. And I'm not lying. It, the, track for track that gig, it was my mixtape. How wow. it happened, I have no idea. I mean, I'm going, That's cool. no, this is definitely my mixtape. That's cool because, you know, it shows you what, you know, people, when, when you think about it, um, there is a natural flow for certain things to happen. And, and this is what I like about the uh, old albums in the old days, and I'm old enough to remember, um, mm. albums used to have like a story and you used to come across tracks that you didn't like. Well, in those days, there was only one way of skipping the track. That was to get off your ass, go and pick the needle up, move yeah. it and down somewhere yeah. else. That was skip control. So... Yep. You either did that or you went, oh, fucking hell, it's that track again, and let it play through it until you got past the other side of it. And then you'd find yourself kind of like, well, actually, that track's not that bad after all, you know, sort of thing. So you sort of get yeah. used and you familiarise yourself with it. Um, uh, this this album is much like that of, it's an album. It's a it's an album of songs, you know, it's like a collection of yeah. things, not just like it you said like earlier. It start on one uh, thing and then end up in the same thing at the other end. Um, yeah. And I like that in, in an album. Yeah. You know, it appeals to that, me. Yeah, I think that comes across because you have a, you are musical. Well, I mean, I'm just telling you a question you were thinking about. You do have music in your soul, like instrumental, you yeah. play instruments. It's because you have that, I think you look at the finished product in a much more holistic way. Yeah. Um, you know? It's true. Um, uh, yeah. A question for you. Um, uh, Battle Gods Productions, which is this is on. How did you come across that label? Um, bit of a sad story, really. Uh, you made. Do you know uh, Tony Mills, uh, the singer, yeah. was with um, TNT and um, Shy and um, yeah, little, uh, some Swedish Norwegian bands. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. he's been a friend for many years, and unfortunately, mm. he died. Um, a few years ago. Well, um, he uh, he organised a living wake, which is what somebody does. They gather all their friends before they die and they get everybody together and um, to sort of say <laughs> goodbye, which is the weirdest thing. I don't know if you've ever been to one, but it's just like... No. Everybody doesn't want to mention the, the D word. <laughs> Nobody wants because no. he had cancer. Nobody wants oh. wanted to mention the c word, and so we're all skipping around conversations like you know he was quite normal and there was nothing sort of wrong, but it, there obviously was. And um, mm. he sort of said, "Look, everybody," he said, "I know where I'm going." He said, "I've got you here because I love the fuck. I love all every one of you fuckers." He said, "You know, I, I right. want you here because you're all my friends and I love you anyway." Um, during that evening. Um, he uh, took me to one side and, and sat me down and uh, he said, um, I just, I just want to uh, ask you something. There's uh, this record label that I've been on, um, Battle God. He said they're, uh, they've just done the last, I think he said three or four albums that he'd done. Um, he said, would you do me a favour and give them a try? He said, you know, uh, um, they're, they're not like the most, technical company in the world said but they're they work like fuck they really yeah. are hard workers and they really have a passion for you know what they're doing and um i said okay i'll, I'll have a look I, you see me i don't mind giving people a go at stuff i'm i'm happy to give people a try just on uh, you know merit or whatever so mm. um i i sort of went for that one but also i'd been talking already to uh, Scott's friends who was Dark Star label in America. Yeah. Well, both of them seemed quite plausible to me. Not that they're not, but they seemed quite plausible to me. And um, I sort of came across this idea, which we did in Black Sabbath one, uh, once or twice, where we had two labels working around the world. Um, uh, like in Sabbath, they had IRS and EMI were working yeah. in, in tandem for, you know, different territories and stuff like that. And it really worked. So I thought, wow, this could be cool because then you get, like, each label concentrating on their own territory. Um, that might sort of ease the 
you know, the spread of things and so sort of make it, it would make it more interesting anyway. So mm. um, I said, okay, uh, went to Battle Garden and said, look, these guys are interested and you're interested. I said, do you fancy hooking up with them or something and, and providing a license or something? I don't know how it works with record labels. You mm. have to do the label-y stuff. And um, they sort of said, yeah, well, we're pretty sure we can do this. So I said, okay, well, let's get a multi-label thing going. So Battle God do the uh, rest of the world. The um, Dark Star label does the Americas, North and South. Um, so uh, it, it came as a meeting with uh, Tony Mills, really, to the, the Battle God thing. And uh, there you go. I, I have to say it was um, it was a moment, really. Uh, you know, I said, mate, you're such an inspiration. He says, I'm an inspiration. He says, I've been following you for fucking years, you bastard. <laughs> I, like, oh. <laughs> oh. I, mean, I suppose through, through sadness, <laughs> great things can grow, right? And and and, yeah. and so you got you got your head right round because it, uh, is it difficult dealing with the label being in Australia and you're in UK? The time, I mean, obviously it's like now it's eight o'clock at night. You're what is it, eleven o'clock yeah. in the morning there? Is it? Do you find that difficult dealing with those sort of issues? No, um... The, the world is, is the world, and it, it's much smaller space with things like, you know, Skype and um, Zoom and stuff like that. You can talk to people along the way. To be honest, there isn't a lot of talking. I mean, once I've given the album over, mm. <clears throat> there's nothing much I can do then. Yeah. Uh, so I leave it up to the labels to do what they do. Um, yeah. They have got everything from me, apart from these uh, four or five new tracks that we're working on for the vinyl, which uh, is mm. ongoing as we speak. We've done two of them. Um, the um, the rest is really them getting on with it, and I expect them to get on with it. You know, I I, I need them to concentrate, do the things, yeah. the record labely things that they do, and um, you know. Uh, keep doing stuff like that so I don't really need to be much involved after I've given them the product it, it, they've got yeah. to do their thing so because I noticed that you did some of the art uh, the arrangement of the artwork on the album as well is that right yes I did um I did put it in place I I, I based it on artwork and it was one photograph which is me standing with my hand out with the smoke coming out of it um and then uh it was done by yeah there's a full-length picture of that. Um, there, uh, it was done by a photographic artist in Sweden, uh, a woman called Tally Savage. Well, mm. she, her husband, and her sister have got a remarkable, fantastic setup in Sweden where they, uh, she takes the photos, he enhances the artwork, um, and her sister has got a massive theatrical costume uh, department that they provide for films and theatres and stuff like that. I've been there. It's like massive. Every costume you can think from the 1600s right through till now. Wow. And uh, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. through lines and lines and lines of clothes. And between the three of them, they can create this mystical thing. So she did these photos a, a way back. And I've always wanted to use it in something. Well, the colour, that sort of greeny, misty, backgroundy colour, mm. and the imagery just worked for me on this. And so I took that, and then I started making the font and the, the text and stuff for it, and then putting the background in and laying it out and stuff like that. And it looked really cool. Well, Battle God gave me the option of having a digipack thing rather than a CD jewel case. Um, it became like a fold-out, you know, card yeah, thing. So much, I'm, yeah, but it's so much nicer. It really is. Yeah, I, I yeah. really like that. Um, it's it's you know, it's not cheap, <laughs> but you know, well, it wouldn't it's, be. Yeah, it looks better. But you, then you have like uh, I think it's ten or eleven pages that you can do stuff with. And so I really fell for it, and um, it, it, it captured me, you know, so I sort of went down that route and helped. Then the record label, obviously, they do their bit with assembling it and putting it out on the mm. different pages and, and stuff like that. Um, we we made one mistake out of all of those pages. We, we left poor old Danny Needham. His name get, got left off the band list. So we, oh, no. Yeah, the, the copy you've got now, if you look down the band uh, members, he's not on it. Um, 
So then we've had it reprinted. No, he's not. Yeah, we didn't notice either. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, nobody noticed and, until it was too late. And um, we, it, he understands it wasn't done deliberately, but I, we just have no... I didn't notice it. Scott didn't notice it. Dark Star never yeah. noticed it. Battle God never noticed it. Danny's called me up and said, I'm not on the track list. Went, oh, no. <laughs> Holy oh. crap. I have no idea how that... So anyway, that's been reprinted. So the next uh, version that comes out will have his name on it. Um, the I'll other make thing sure is, I make a note in my Discord that there's no one there. <laughs> yeah. He got some words in the, you know, the thank you list. He's, he's in yeah. there, but not on the band. What's got it? Um, the other mm. thing is the artwork's been updated a little bit. We've got, um, in fact, the Dark Star uh, version has got different artwork on the backs of the um, Battle God European one. Um, yeah, I so read this, that this morning. Yeah, um, there's, it's things for fans to collect. You know, there are a few people who've got both copies, you know, just for the uh, differences and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the artwork was great, and I'm, you know, I'm really um, am very pleased with what they did. Yeah, I think it, I think it has that brooding feel that the album has. You know, it really does. It does yeah. it's, it's, it's nice and smouldering. I think it's really cool. Um, so, it, so you talked about IRS earlier. Um, with obviously the issues that you had with IRS with Sabbath and the reissue, the issues of the album. Because as a collector, I left my copy of, of both um, Tia and Headless Cross in the UK, and me trying to find one, it's taken me, I still haven't got a, a copy of on vinyl, right? And, mm. I, and it, it's just horrendous, the silly prices that they are putting them out there for. I wish it was going for you, you were getting the money for them, but clearly it's just secondhand records, right? But the yeah. new IRS label, are they going to reissue? I've I heard you're reissuing them. Is that correct? Um, th it's nothing to do with me, I'm afraid. Um, oh. the, I don't have the rights to those albums at all. Tony Iommi owns the rights to, to all of those albums. Apart from mm. Eternal Idiot, um, that we don't, uh, that's owned by somebody else. Um, but the Headless Cross through to Forbidden, that Tony Iommi mm. owns. Um, the you're as a musician, you you don't get paid unless the thing's being sold. So I don't mm -hmm. get a penny of royalties from Black Sabbath at all, um, because the records are not on sale. So yeah. um, they have to reissue it and get it back on sale for anybody to like get anything out of it. Um, and uh, it, it sort of went dead as it usually does with like Sabbath, you don't hear from them for years. Um, mm. And then uh, another chance meeting when Jeff Nichols died, we um, I met Tony Iommi at, at Jeff's funeral uh, oh. thingy. And um, he said, I've got loads of stuff, you know, to play. It'd be great if we could do something and add it to like the remixes of the Tony Martin era. And I went, oh. I was just like, <laughs> whoa, that came out of the blue. And so, I said, mate, I, I'm up for it. If you you want to do something, just let me know. I mean, fucking hell, it's a great thing. Yeah, so yeah. Um, then the phone went dead again. Then three years later, he called me and said, do you want to come over? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to, mate. So I went over his, his house and he said, we can't do it. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, no. What? He said, we can't release anything new under the Black Sabbath name. There's a there's oh. an agreement that they've got with Sharon and Ozzy and everybody that no new music can have the Sabbath title on it. And of course, Headless Cross and Tear and stuff has got the Black Sabbath name on it. Yeah. So I said, oh, okay, well that puts a code by. She said, but we're, we're still gonna re-release it. And then this year, uh, a few months ago, I got a, a call from Tony Iommi's manager and says, okay, we've got a record deal for this now. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Mm. He said, um, so it is going to be released this year. Um, uh, it, it didn't give me a date. So I, I still don't know when that is. Um, I await as you do. Um, oh, I, I, I give them yeah. my copies away thinking I'd get more. And so, like, you know, 15 years later, I haven't even got any copies of it myself. No. So, you know, yeah, to... I, I, it's, it, it's, a, it's my white whale. I really want, need it badly. <laughs> I can't wait for it to come back yeah. out again. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're going to remix, or they have remixed Forbidden. Um, but uh, I'm not sure about the rest of it. I think it's pretty yeah. much as it's. I think they're going to enhance a Headless Cross and Tear just mm. to get frequencies back a bit more. But, um, yeah, I await like you do. I, I have no control over it, I'm, I'm afraid. 
Yeah. So uh, with the uh, with the album out, do, is it, I mean, is it, are you getting good? Are you getting good resu- results around the world, like sales wise and, and feedback? Yeah. Oh, it's been fan- yeah. fantastic. I mean, I I I, I mean, uh, you never we never know, right? When we write songs as musicians, we don't know if it's going to be a hit. I mean, you, if everybody knew, we'd all be bleeding doing it, wouldn't we? <laughs> That's right. We just don't know. So no. you, you do what you end up doing is the the best you think you can do, and then hope <laughs> that like everybody else sort of gets the vibe and gets on board. So I, I do happen to think it was a bit of the right album at the right time because like after the COVID thing, everybody was gagging to get rocking again, um, mm. and this one was the first one out this year, kind of January. Um, so it, it was timing was something to do with it, but also, um, uh, you know, that, that whole thing of me being away for quite a while, I mean, it's been 16 years last time I released anything. So mm. people, you know, thought I died or something and, um, you know, no, I'm still here. Yeah. Um, I've been you know, stuck in the studio for the past 25 years, as I said, but, yeah. um, Creating. Yes, it's yeah. been getting great reviews. I'm thankful for that. I love that. And, uh, you know, I have to thank everybody, really. Even you guys. I mean, thank you for being interested. Uh, we need you guys to let everybody know what we're doing. So um, yeah. thank you for doing your part. And then, you know, the fans, I mean, they invite us into their homes and their cars and their headphones on the way to work and stuff. So we become part mm. of their daily story. You know, I love that. I mean, that's why yeah. we do it. We like being part of people's lives and and stuff. So the fans have a great part to play in it, and they become part of the story. Uh, you know, so it, it's been brilliant so far. Not nothing really bad said about it. There's been like one or two who don't even like the genre. Well, okay, well, we don't listen to it then. But you know, apart from that, yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah, yeah. I bother. Um, and then yeah. at the other end of the scale, I had one review was nine point eight out of ten. What's with the point two? Why couldn't you have just done the extra point two and made it like yeah. 10 out of 10 or do 9 out of 10? 9.8 out of 10 is... <laughs> do you know what? He's just trying to, he or she is trying to be different. Yeah, <laughs> he's just trying to be different. He or she is just trying to be a little bit edgy and different, right? <laughs> like, suspicious, know. you know, like, you know him, don't you? you yeah, know. you're not giving 100%. Um, <laughs> so are you, uh, obviously, but you see your family with... with Earlier on, that you that you'd look after because this COVID uh, world we live in. Are you going to tour with the album? At all? I would love to. I certainly love to. Um, mm. the, the the problem I've got is like I, I said again. Like I've been in the studio for the past twenty five years. It's it's where my career took me. I became a singer songwriter, um, mm. and to that end, I I've been doing vocals on all sorts of things. In fact, um, my voice now appears on eighty different albums and projects uh, through the Unbelievable. years. Unbelievable. Um, and that, so that's what I do. Uh, it's not a bad thing. It's just that it, it means I didn't concentrate on being on the road, which is why you don't see me out there. It's because I'm stuck yeah. in the studio doing this stuff. And that's the route I chose anyway. Um, yeah. I don't have a band, which is one of my regrets. I wish I'd kept a band. I do miss going to rehearsals and bashing away, you know, um, some stuff. Mm. But I didn't. So now, if I go on the road, I have to hire the musicians. Yeah, and um, then you've got to get the sound to sound the same as the album, and it's that's tricky. Well, not just that. You have to start from scratch. First, you have to find out if they're available. If they're not available, you have to find somebody else. And then once you assembled the guys, um, then you have to rehearse it right from the beginning um, and take that right up to a point where you can build a show. And then you have to uh, uh, advertise it, which needs six months in advance. So with mm. COVID going on, we haven't been able to plan anything anyway uh, or get together really with anybody. So um, that's kind of put the kibosh on that, certainly for this year. Um, mm. So like we've already started writing Thorns 2. So, you know, sort of thinking, well, maybe what if we did another album and then mm. like two, two albums together like later on? Or something. I don't know. Uh, it, it's just Would for you just me. Do, yeah. It, for me, it's such a, um, a, a a massive 
thing to get like to, on the road from scratch, hire the musicians, get it rehearsed, then get it advertised, is such a big chunk of the year uh, that it's difficult to do. Like now with a band like Sabbath, it's a huge machine. I mean, it's monstrous and it's all in place. It's everything's there. So they can just switch it on, switch it off whenever needed. They, they've got all the things set up, you know, so it, yeah. they can just do what. But for me, I've got to actually put it together first and then, like, put get it out there. So um, it'll be it, along the way. I'm really, really hoping that I can get it out there. So um, I want to. I mean, I'd love to get back out there again. Have you ever toured Australia? I don't know if you have. Yeah. Have you? I've been there. I mean, my uh, wife's father was from Melbourne. And um, yep. he, uh, we went there uh, three years ago um, uh, to retrace some of the family roots. Oh, nice. And um, it was very cool. In fact, we started off um, up north, and then we hired a camper van, and we drove down the coast. Um, We've done that, yeah. Yeah, have you done that? <laughs> uh, well, fab. I mean, we, we just had a great time, and, and we were there for a different reason, obviously. We were tracing mm. the family. To see what we could find, and and actually, uh, he was he was born there in 1923 or something like that, and uh, uh, the house is still there, believe it or not. In um, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Part of Melbourne um, uh, territory there, um, re uh, not Regent. Well, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway. Um, yeah. We were walking up the street, and there, were, there was like these old houses, and they were kind of tin roof like affairs, you know, yeah. sort of to get the single story, yeah. you know, those things. Colonial buildings, yeah. Yeah, and I was walking up the street, and then there was a massive hotel. On one side, there's a factory, and on the other side was this massive hotel. I said, Oh, man, I think the house is gone. So we were walking up the street, and it was the last one before the hotel. Uh... So, oh. well, that was cool. We took loads of photos and sort of, you know, uh, did our thing. Yeah. It is amazing country that way. Mm. And uh, I think if you do get a chance to come here and tour, I think you'll find the audience is pretty, pretty good out here, actually. You know? Yeah, it's all on the East Coast, right? Uh, I don't think there's much in Perth. Or there is, is there much in no. Perth? Uh. There isn't. I mean, it, it's a very long trip. It's that cost me more to fly to Perth than just the Fiji from here. It's a, mm. it's a silly trip because we're in Canberra, which is the capital right there in the middle yeah, yeah. The coast. and you're going to fly from so now Perth has its places the, the big bands play Perth like your Maidens your Sabbath right. you know but the small like if you're just doing a small tour you'd want to come down you just come down the east coast you know I mean you it's could fly place. into Perth and then on to across. it's the pretty east coast. Coast. and yeah I mean you could do some holiday destination stuff in there as well yeah uh, there's some friends over there, um, actually, a band called Lord. Um, oh, they, Lord, I love Lord. <laughs> um, and there was a suggestion that, um, you know, they could be the band and, and I could just do, like, my Ooh. bit. Um, but you need, you need Scott, really, and I, I would love to have Danny with me. So, um, mm. uh, you know, it's a, it's a political thing. Band politics is one of the worst things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw Venom came out a couple of years ago, and I mean, I, it was one of my lifetime achievements to see Venom very close. We got this venue in Canada called The Basement, literally a thousand people packed into one small, dirty, dark, dank basement that plays rock and roll. Right. And having them just a few feet away from me was like, oh my God, you know. So yeah. it is, it's, we have some great venues here. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. I am aware of, of the possibility, so uh, it, mm. by all means, it, it's in mind, certainly in mm, mind, brilliant. I would love to do it. Brilliant. I, I said I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the new album, the vinyl release, later in the year. I think your album is an absolute corker of an album. I really do. Thank you very much. I, I'm uh, really pleased with it, and um, I, you know, I'd just like to thank everybody on the album, you know, Magnus, uh, Danny, um, you know, yeah. even um, uh, Dario Molo put a solo on there for me from the cage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, we got Greg Smith, who played with Alice Cooper and uh, yeah, I, know, I was going to say Greg Smith, Matt, everyone. Yeah, yeah, who wants to everybody, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say it, it goes to show you the magnitude of your voice and your, your people, <laughs> what people think of you to get those kind of people on your album. It's not easy right. to get those kind of people in to do things. 
they are yeah. people that I, I know of, though. I mean, mm. you know, either I've worked with them before or some kind of connection oh, okay. from like like Pamela's. They weren't strangers to me. They were all people that mm. I sort of knew, um, which was great for them to do that. And, and my thanks go out to them. Um, in in this business, you know, there's not much in it these days for people. So that you know, they do it for the love of doing it, and uh, and um, that's just spectacular to me. Just to yeah. you know, have that sort of talent alongside you. Um, you know, I did some stuff myself, as you said, like some guitars and, and drums and bits mm. and pieces. Um, but um, yeah, on the whole, thank you. It's uh, you know, I, I do appreciate your kind words. It's a great uh, album. I, I really like it. So, um, yeah, as a yeah. Tony Martin album, it's the the best one I've done so far. I think. I, I, look, I stand by that. Actually, I, I, I'd say that I think, and I said that at the beginning of the interview. I think it sits with Headless Cross for me. Uh, yeah. And that's a big call, like for me, because I hold Headless Cross up here. So that sitting next to it, I easily put on Headless Cross and that, and go, this is like, yeah. No, it's you know. great. Thank you. Um, well, I hope it's a, a you know a good omen. I mean, I'd like to spread the word, and if we're going to try and get another Thorns album out, um, not that it'll be called Thorns next time, but you know, yeah. uh, the th same ilk with Scott. Uh, playing guitar. I think you're going to hear more of Scott. He's got other projects going on. He's right. relatively unknown, um, but he's so prolific. I think it, you know, and he's such a a humble sort of guy. You know, excited, uh, keen to do yeah. stuff and, and be involved. He's just great. So um, look out for Scott. He's a, a really. Uh, nice well, guy. I, I, well, I was. I mean, I'm a, I'm a frustrated guitarist, and bass player myself. Not you know, never to the level okay. of anyone, but plonk away a bit every now and again. And then you hear yeah. things like Scott, and you go, Jesus, where does that come it's from? Funny. And I Googled him, and he's just It's just that, like, he's played, too. his favourite thing is Pantera. And so he does, like, a lot of Pantera-type stuff. But um, he's, he's just so willing to be involved and, and uh, letting you change stuff to what you need. And this is what I was saying earlier on about, you know, the music has to come first for me. So it was important that um, Scott sort of came along at this time because I wouldn't have been able to do these songs, you know, unless I'd found a vehicle for my voice to mm. work on. And mm. it just so happened that this was the one, a complete accident, but it was just so happened that it sort of really worked with the voice that I've got. So, mm. um, you know, it's a curse, but it's also brilliant when it when it works. And, and this oh, time... And it, and it worked. It's alchemy, but it, it worked. Yeah. You know? so, and I think that... Finding Scott was a, a real boon, and and, and not it. everyone, everyone on the album, Pamela, everyone, but but it's just yeah. Wouldn't you, uh, like, you know, um, if you're if I was like forty years, I'm sixty five now, like sixty six in April, and so um, wouldn't it have been great when you were twenty to find like somebody like Scott so that you could build, know. A, you know, a career? <sighs> we haven't, yeah. and I can't, and <laughs> I'm. You, yeah, I can't trust yeah. into, but uh, you know, if if that's the sort of thing you think, oh fucking, hell, why weren't you around like you know forty years ago or something? But this is what it is, and and you take the advantage when you can in the music business. Um, you yeah, know, you do, it, you do. It's just fickle, and yeah. So I'm at the end ish of my career, sixty-five. You can get another ten years out of it, maybe. But um, Scott is ah, still young enough to be doing stuff, you know. So you, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you'll hear more from him along the way. But you're a musician. You don't have to sing everything. You could do an instrumental album and you could record. I could do something. I mean, um, hmm. There's there's a there's a, a point where it becomes a bit spinal tap if you start doing like you know. Oh, fair enough. You know where you're not supposed to belong. <laughs> uh, yes. But fair enough. Um, fair enough. yeah, there's there's something to be said for going out when your head's high. You know. Yeah, honestly, if you've got a few more albums like Thorns in you, then go for it, because that's great. That's yes. Well, thank you. Um, thank no, you for, thanks for chatting. I have to run now. And, um, no, you carry on, and enjoy your, enjoy your rest of your day. Uh, when do you think this will come out? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to send that to this video to whoever does the editing, and they'll go from there. I would say probably in the next week or so. Yeah, probably All next right, week. Mate. Well, week. just let me know, and I'll try and link it up to the socials and stuff like that. Brilliant, and we'll but, do the same thing our end as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, it's been a bit of a delay getting in, uh, hooked up, but um, no. we'll I had COVID last week anyway, so it'll be no good for me anyway. I was sick last week, so yeah. right, mate. Right, right. Well, look after yourself and uh, yeah. keep rocking. And uh, thanks. Yeah, uh, and thank you for being my first interview. I appreciate it. Thank you.
You're welcome, Bud. See you later. Bye, mate. Ciao. Ciao. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.